Oh man, anybody in the house, it's your first time with us. Anybody? Come on. I just met you two right here. So good to have you, man. I, I come to y'all today with great expectation for what God's going to do. I don't know what you walked in here with, uh, man, but I believe that God's going to meet you exactly where you're at. Uh, God created you uniquely, and so God's going to speak to you uniquely tonight, and uh, he's going to meet you in your situation. You walked in here, man, I don't even think I belong in here, but can I encourage you that you belong in this place just as much as anybody else, and God is going to speak to you, maybe restore you, redeem you. I believe some of you are going to walk out of here tonight. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but tonight you're going to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you will mark this day as the best moment of your life. Amen. So good to be with you guys. If, if you don't know me, my name is Andrew Matrone, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff with Young Adults and, and Red Rocks Church. Man, I absolutely love my job. This is only our second week back. Man, we lit a fire last week, huh? It was good. I wanted to, to take a second, and, and if you don't really know me, I, I want to introduce uh, my family to you. So I, I got a picture of, of my family. Introduce you. It's just me. I'm single. Oh, right there. I'm an idiot. Shut up, Conrad. This is my beautiful wife, Jerrica. She's a worship pastor on staff. And yeah. This is my, my, my little son, Abram, and my, my little daughter, Selah. She's 10 months. She's, y'all, having a girl. Oh my God. Man, I'm a daddy's girl. Come on, it's, it's good. Let's, uh, th there they are. Look, he loves her a little too much. He always corrals her. And then, and then we're, a, we're a McDonald's family. Um, this, is, this is my daughter's first French fry. And so uh, if you think I look a little bit chubbier than last time you saw me, it's because uh, COVID had me eating loads of McDonald's. Um, but hey, so good to be with you guys. That, that's my family. And I have a, feel like God put a word on my heart and I'm going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 25, and I just want to encourage you tonight. Man, can you engage with the Word of God? The Word of God is alive and active, and it speaks to us. And so can you engage with the Word of God tonight and allow the Lord to speak to you? You can shout me down. You can clap. You can do whatever you want to do. Just kidding. Stay in your seat. Um, I'm going to be reading the parable of the bags of gold. It's Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted, circle that, entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went on once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. The one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Amen. Says the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrust me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. This is a long passage. I wasn't expecting to read all this, but... Whew. 
Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered, where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on a deposit with bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it with interest. He says, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have what they will have will be taken away from them. I want to um, ask you two questions and I want you to think about these two questions throughout this, this message and throughout this night. Here's the questions. What has God entrusted to me in my life? Ask yourself that. What has God entrusted to me in my life and how have I been stewarding that? What has God entrusted to me and how, what kind of steward have I been for the things that God has entrusted? Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for everyone present. God, I believe that you have such a powerful and timely word tonight. And God, we just lean in. Lord, I get out of the way. God, uh, my words... Uh, the things that I say cannot change anybody. Uh, Lord, only you can change the heart and the soul. And so, Lord, Lord, we give this night to you and all God's people said, amen. Have a seat. Have a seat. Question, has someone ever entrusted something into your care and it went horribly wrong? Like, like someone entrusted something to you that they really cared about and it didn't go very well. Uh, a, a few months ago, some pastors on our staff, we decided to go on this, this pastoral retreat. And we, some of them are here. So uh, we, we go up to the mountains and we have some, some awesome spiritual time. But then we're like, hey, we're up in the mountains. It's summertime. We should rent these things called razors. You know what razors are? They're like these glorified, oh, here they are. This, these are our razors right here. It was beautiful. And so you take these razors, you go off-roading, you go up into the mountains. And so I think there's like six of us, and there's only four razors. And so we get to the place where we get the razors, and, and we bring them all the way to the mountain. And, and I'm sitting there. I hop in one. I'm just sitting there alone. And then our lead pastor, Sean Johnson, he says, Andrew, let me hop in with you. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, let me hop in with you. And, and, and so we get in the razor, and he's like, look, man, these things are dangerous. He said, do not kill me. I am trusting you with my life. I'm like, I got you, bro. I'm so good. I didn't watch the safety video at all, uh, but I know exactly how to navigate these things. And so we're going, and we're flying down these trails, and he has this moment where he's like, dude, you're driving like a pansy. He's like, you need to speed it up. So I'm like, just like flying. And listen, I am not the kind of person, okay, that, that does off-roading things, okay? Put me in a big Jeep that's like a tank and just let me drive down Wadsworth, okay? Do not put me in a vehicle that can go off-roading. And so we're going, and then we get to this, this part. It's right here. We get to this part of the mountain, and all of a sudden, we're just sitting there, and these guys, they're so prideful, these macho men, okay? They start flying and going about 100 miles an hour and, like, trying to do donuts and all these things. And Sean literally looks at me. He said, dude, don't do it. I'm like, why? I'm like, this looks fun. He's like, dude, please, please do not do it. And, and he's like, these things are scary. They can tip. And, and, and so I'm like, so I'm going, I'm flying, we're flying past each other, and then I come to a stop, and he's like, dude, seriously, please stop, you're going to kill us, you're going to hurt us, please stop, so I'm like, dude, we're good, I got this, 
And so I hit the gas and I rip. I'm like, and all of a sudden we catch a rock and we completely crashed. Okay, y'all, listen, I was sitting there and I was hanging over my lead pastor looking at him. It felt like cool running. He's like, Sanka, you dead, man? Like, yeah, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm literally hanging over him and, and, and my lead pastor, my boss, the one who puts money into my bank account so I can feed my children, I'm literally on top of him. And he's just moaning, mm, oh, oh, and I'm sitting there literally, hanging. I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what am I going to do? And, and I unbuckle myself and I fall on him. I, I'm like, well, I got to get out of here. And I unbuckle, I didn't think about it, and I fall on him. And so we get out, and, and, and we, we carry him out, and he's clearly, he's, he's really, really hurt. Um, and I start getting dizzy, mostly because I knew I was getting fired. And I literally, like, almost passed out, and I laid on the side of the mountain. And Josh Kinger, the Lakewood uh, campus pastor, he literally starts feeding me a, a bar. And I'm laying on the ground feeding me and giving me a, a, a drink of water. And, and literally, Sean, he had to go to the emergency room. It was, like, the worst day of my entire life. But Sean was like, I entrusted my life into your care, and you failed miserably. I still have my job. He cut my pay in half, but listen, it's fine. <sighs> he would tell that story very differently, by the way. When someone entrusts you with something, it's a big deal, right? Like, and trust is when, when you put something or someone that you deeply care about and you put it into their hands. You're entrusting them with it. For example, our nanny. Every time that we leave our, our kids at home with our nanny, we're taking something that we deeply care about, our children, and we are saying we are putting them into your hands to care for them. We are entrusting our children to you. In trust, it means to hand over, to turn over, to assign to, to give power to. See, I was thinking about it this week. The reality is that God has entrusted you and I with so much. Come on, somebody, think about it for a moment. That God has blessed you and I with abundance, more than we could ever dream of or imagine. God has entrusted you and I with so much. God has entrusted you with the finances that are in your bank account. I know it's not as much as you want, but God has entrusted you with those finances. God has entrusted you with the job that you have. I know you want a different job, but God has entrusted you with this one. God has entrusted you with your talents, with your abilities, with your relationships, with your authority, with your influence. God has entrusted you and I with so much. And God has taken these things that he cares deeply about. Go read in scripture for yourself. You will see that God deeply cares about the talents and treasures and the resources that he gives you. And he has called us to steward the things that he has given us in a powerful way. Amen. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Think about that. Every good and perfect gift is from above. We as Christians, followers of Christ, we believe that every single good thing that's perfect and pleasing that is in your life is because God has allowed you to have it. Come on. Every good thing Every pleasing thing that is in your life is because God allowed you to have it and to experience. In other words, God has entrusted to you and I the good things in our lives to manage and to steward. And how we steward them 
will not only affect the fullness of blessing we experience, will not only affect the fullness of joy and happiness and contentment that we'll experience, but, but it, it'll impact how much we have an effect on the kingdom of God. What we do with the things that God has entrusted with us. See, this parable that I read earlier, I think it speaks perfectly to how I believe God wants us to steward the things that he has entrusted us with. And not only that, I think it speaks perfectly to how God responds when you and I are faithful stewards of the things that God has entrusted us with. The story, it tells a parable. Now, a a parable was just a made-up story by Jesus to to prove a point. And oftentimes, Jesus would use these parables to create some kind of imagery of our relationship with with God or the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth. And Jesus tells this story about a master and three servants. And we can assume that the master is God and the servants are us. So he tells this parable, and it says that the master goes on a long journey. He's about to go on a long journey, and it says he entrusted his wealth to them. He entrusted his wealth to them. See, this was a common tradition. If a master would go away for a period of time, instead of putting it in a bank to have safety, he would divvy up his wealth amongst his servants, and he would entrust it into their care. Now, he was leaving. He was coming back, but the expectation is what I give you, you will manage so that when I come back, there will be more of it. And so to the first servant, he gives five bags of gold. There's real gold in here, if you were wondering. You can laugh, my gosh. Still none. He gives five bags of gold. And then to the second servant, he gives two bags of gold. To you, I'm entrusting five bags of gold. To you, I'm entrusting two bags of gold. And to the third servant, he said, to you, I'm entrusting one bag of gold. And it said that he gave his wealth, he distributed his wealth, each according to their ability. Think about this for a moment. He distributed the wealth, he entrusted the wealth, wealth based on their ability. So some got more, some got less, but they got what they got based on their ability to steward the wealth that the master entrusted to them. It wasn't an indictment if you got less. It's just some people had the ability to handle more. I think that we can look at a story like this, and it's kind of frustrating in our human nature, right? Because we're like, I want fairness, right? Why on earth? All these people, that they're servants. Why did one get five? Why did one get two? Why did one get one? Like if you're the third servant and you're sitting here like, I know what these knuckleheads do in the fields. It ain't working for dang sure, okay? I know what Billy's doing out there, right? And why on earth did he get five, he got two, and I get one? If I'm the third servant, I'm like, what the Fauci? i like, what, what on earth? Why did I get one and you got five? See, I think this is a clear picture of what a lot of us struggle with when it comes to the people around us that we feel like God has blessed more or we feel like God has entrusted more. Listen, I think it's easy for us to always be looking to our right or to our left, comparing how much God has given to somebody else versus what God has given to us. 
But can I, can I challenge you for a moment? I, I know that comparison is a big thing in our world today. It's like the, the thief of joy. It's, it's the one thing that strips so much that God gives us so many great things, but we look to everything else, so it's hard to enjoy the things that God has for us when we look at what everybody else has. But can I free you up with one of the, the most powerful thoughts about comparison? Let, let me tell you this. This is important. I believe that God gives perfectly to you exactly what he knows you can steward. That God gives exactly to you what he knows that you have the ability to steward. Listen, you having less than somebody else, the person sitting right next to you, is actually not an indictment on you. It's actually God's grace for you. Because listen, God is looking at your life. He's saying, look, I have great things for you. I have placed great things in your life. And I know you want the things that everybody else has, the things that you see. But if you were to have that, it would absolutely destroy you. You're not ready for it. You don't have the character. You don't have the integrity. You don't have the ability to hold on to the thing that you think that you want. So listen, it's not an indictment on you that you don't have the things that people around you have. It's actually God's grace for you. I believe, think about it for a moment, that your life, God has designed you perfectly in this moment, in this season of life, and has given everything that you need. He has entrusted you with everything that you need that you can handle. Well, I want more. I want to be entrusted with more. I want to be blessed more. And you know, there's actually a way to make that happen. We'll get there in a moment. But the reality is, is some are entrusted with more. Some are entrusted with less. But all of us are entrusted with much. Come on, th think about that. All of us are, some are entrusted with more, some are entrusted with less, but every single one of us, I don't care who you are, what you've done, we have all been entrusted with much. And so the story goes, and the master leaves. So he, he leaves, and, and so you have these three guys sitting here with all this money, like, Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> so they're sitting there, and, and it says the, the man that had the, the five bags of gold, it said that he thought, you know what? He's entrusted me with this, and so I'm going to steward this, and I'm going to be a good manager of the things and the money that has been entrusted to me. So he decided that he was going to put his money to work. And so he goes, and he starts to invest the money. He begins to trade the money. He begins to use the money, put the money to work. He's trading it, doing all sorts of things to get his money to, to be a good steward of the money. And it says that as he does that, he begins to get profit and he begins to gain more. So he gets all the ones that he had back. He's going to have to throw all these to me. Come on, Zach. Come on, baby. Yes. Oh, he gets four. He gets five. And then, come on, keep it coming. Come on. He gained five more. That's it? Oh, there's Connor. <laughs> Guys, sometimes we don't practice these illustrations. You think they're going to be really cool, and then they're not. But so he, he puts his bags of gold to work, and it says that he gains five more. And then the second servant, he, the one who has the two bags of gold, he decides, I'm going to put this money to work as well. And it says that he begins to invest his money, that he begins to trade, and he begins to grow the money that he was entrusted to. And it says that as he does that, he begins to gain back more profit, more blessing, more blessing. And so you have these two men all of a sudden in, in a moment, in a season, they, because of their faithfulness to the, to the things that they were entrusted to, they now have doubled for the manager. 
See, I don't know exactly what they did, and we don't know how they put their money to work exactly, but all I know is that they were ready to give an account to their master for how they stewarded what was entrusted to them. They were ready. When the master comes back, we're going to show them that we stewarded what you gave to us. But then you have the man who had one bag of gold. And it says that he dug a hole and he hid the money. Now, we don't really know why he dug a hole and he hid the money. But the thing is that he didn't put his money to work. He didn't invest it. He didn't use it. He didn't trade it. Maybe the reason why he hid the money is because he didn't want to get in trouble if anything were to happen to it. Maybe he didn't want to put any effort. Everybody else has so much more than I do. All I have is this. I'm just going to make sure that nothing goes wrong with it. So we have the three servants. The first two servants doubled their, their entrustment. And then the one man only had one. And he dug in a hole and he hid it. And so the master returns, and as he said that he would, and the man who had five bags, he goes to the master and says, Look, master, I have gained you five more while you were gone on your journey. The second servant says, Master, look, I have gained you two more while you were on your journey. And the master responds to them and says, I think one of the most powerful life-giving uh, statements and scriptures that, that, that I have that I glean into in my life, he says this. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You have been faithful with a few things. I will make you master over many things. In other words, he's saying, I entrusted you. You were a good steward. And because you were a good steward, I'm going to bless you with more. Notice something. Both these servants received a blessing of more. Both of them did. Even though they were entrusted with different amounts and they had different levels of abilities. Okay, this shows me that God does not bless you based off of how capable you are, but God blesses you based off of how faithful you are. Amen. Listen, can, can, can I tell you something? This may sound funny, but, but God does not look at you and, and say, man, they are really good looking. Man, they came from a really good family. Man, they got a lot of money. They're really talented. They got a great career. They went to the best university possible that you could go to. Let me just bless them because they're awesome. Listen, no, 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 no. Listen, he does not say well done, good and brilliant. He does not say well done, good and distinguished. He does not say well done, good and rich. He does not say well done, good and white. He says well done, good and faithful. Listen, God is not interested in your resume. He is interested in your faithfulness. Amen. He's not interested in your rap sheet. He's not interested in, in, in all the talents and all the things that you have. He does not bless you based off of that. He blesses you based off of your faithfulness. I think that sometimes we can get to these places where we can actually allow ourselves to believe that God blesses people based off of their financial stability. That, that God blesses people because they look a certain way. That God blesses people because of the color of their skin. That God blesses people because they, they were raised on one side of the track versus the other. Listen, can I tell you that God blesses you based off of the faithfulness of the life that he has entrusted you to, not the life that you wish that you had. You know how freeing it is to, to say and to have these moments in life where, where, where you can look in the mirror and say, this is the life that God has gave me. 
I'm going to trust that this is exactly where he wants me, when he wants me. And because of that, I'm going to be the best steward possible in my life. Listen, how powerful would that be? Do you know how content you would be? Do you know how less anxious you would be? Do you know how less depressed you would be or angry you would be? If you could look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is the life that God has gave me. Maybe it doesn't feel or look the way that I thought it would, but I'm going to trust that God has placed me right here for a reason. And because of that, I'm going to be the best steward possible to the life that God has entrusted for me. It'd be powerful. And so it says, you have these two men. This is the master's response to the two men. And then you have the, the one man left the third servant, the man who hid the bag in it says that he goes and he undigs, is that a word, or digs back up, or just dig? You went to DU, good for you. Did you graduate? Oh, dang it. <laughs> he comes to him and unprompted, he says, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here is what belongs to you. He brings back to the master exactly what the master left him. And I think it's funny how we can read passages like this and we're like, how dare that guy bring exactly back to the master exactly what the master brought him? Why on earth did he not put that to work? Why on earth did he not invest and bring more money? Listen, the reality is that he didn't do anything wrong. He, 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 actually, he, he actually took care of it. it. It was safe. He gave to the master exactly back what the master had entrusted him with. But the master has this frustration. He literally says, you lazy and wicked servant. You could have done something with it. You could have invested it. And then he literally says, take this one bag of gold and give it to the person who has 10 bags of gold. And you kind of read that. You're like, ouch. Is that a representation of God? That, 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 that seems harsh, but I, I think that Jesus is trying to prove a point here. I think that the frustration of the master suggests something extremely interesting. I think that it suggests that the things that God entrusts to us, God wants us to put them to work. That the things that God entrusts to us, he does not want them to be stagnant. The things that God entrusts to us, he does not want them to be dormant. He does not want us to use them only for our good. The, the, the things that God entrusts us, he does not want us to hide them. He wants us to use them, care about them, invest them, expand them. Listen, can, can, I, can I very simply tell you how the kingdom of God works? It's very simple. God entrusts you with all sorts of things. He entrusts you with much. You get a choice in how you steward the things that God entrusts you, and how you steward those things determines how God honors and blesses the next season of your life. It's very simple. God entrusts, we steward, and then God honors. It says this in Matthew 25, 28, 29. It says, for to everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely, more will be given. And he will be richly supplied so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have because he has ignored or disregarded his blessings and gifts from God, even what he does have will be taken away. Listen, when you are faithful with the things that God entrusts you to, 
He, in turn, trusts you with more. I've seen it time and time again in my life. When, when, when me and my wife, when we are faithful with our finances, we are faithful with our generosity, it's like clockwork. God all of a sudden begins to trust us with more. This year alone, we gave one of our, our, our biggest one-time, off. We, we try every year to up a one-time gift to somebody or an organization. This year, we gave a, a one-time gift because God has entrusted us with the money. Every dime that is in my bank account is Jesus Christ and his alone. And so I'm just a manager, just a steward of the money. God gave us money, and we gave the biggest one-time gift we had ever given. Guess what? The next day, someone knocked on our door and gave us a check for double what we gave the day before. Listen, God is saying, listen, I have entrusted you with things, and when you're faithful with the things that I give you, I have abundant resources. I own a cattle on a thousand hills. Listen, when you are faithful with much, I will make you faithful with more. I will give you more. Amen. But the opposite is true. When you're not faithful, God will trust you with less. And I've seen that in my life. Anybody else? You're not faithful with the things that God has entrusted you with. And then all of a sudden, it seems like God begins to trust you with less. God entrusts. We get to decide how we steward. And then God honors based off of our stewardship. It's quite simple. I was thinking about it this week and. You and I think is one of the greatest mistakes of people in their 20s. One of the greatest mistakes of, 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 I believe, people in their 20s is this. And I think this is profound. It's looking past what God has placed in your hands now and dreaming about what could be in the future. Come on. Looking past what God has placed in your life and in your hands right now and only just dreaming for the future of what could be. I'm just going to get by for now with the things that God has placed in my life. I'm going to wait till the better thing arrives. I know I got this relationship and it's actually pretty functional. It's actually pretty healthy, but I'm not really sure about it. So I'm not going to put much effort into it because I, I think that something better might come along. I, I, I'm in this job right now, and, and it's pretty good, but, but, but I'm not really going to put a lot of effort, put a lot of work into it. I'm not gonna, I don't really care about showing up on time because I'm just waiting for that, that next big job. Right? I, I got some, some financial stuff right now, and instead of being a good steward with it, I know that I'll have more money later on, so I'm going to charge everything to a credit card and stack debt up on my life, and, and later on, maybe I'll just have enough money to pay it off. Like, like the worst thing that you can do in your 20s is look past the things that God has placed in your hand and only look towards the future of what you think might be or could be. Listen, the things that God has placed in your life right now are not placeholders for the future you. They're not placeholders. And I think that sometimes we allow ourselves to believe that they're just placeholders right now until I get the life that I have. But right now in your 20s, you are building the strongest, most powerful foundation for the rest of your life, for your marriage, for your kids, for your family, for your career. Right now, what you do, it absolutely matters. And listen, you are not promised tomorrow. And what a shame it would be if this whole last season of your life, you have looked past the people and the things that God has entrusted you with right now. This is powerful. That God has placed talents and resources, relationships in your life for a very specific purpose. And how you steward them will determine the, 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 uh, how it affects the blessings in your life and, and the happiness and the joy and the contentment and also your impact for the kingdom of God. So I, I just want us to, to take a moment 
And I want you to, to ask yourself this question. What has God entrusted me with? Think about it. And, and you can write that down if you, but what is it that God has entrusted me with? Like what talents has God entrusted you with in this season of life? I know there's a lot of other people that are far more talented than you, whatever. But what talents has God entrusted you with? What, what job has God entrusted you with? What, what relationships has God entrusted you with? What, what resources, what finances has God entrusted you with? And then the other question I want, want you to ask yourself is, how have you been stewarding that gift? How have you been stewarding that? How have you been stewarding your job? Have you been showing up on time? Have you been working hard? Have you been working unto man and not unto God? How have you been stewarding the relationships and the finances? What has God entrusted you with and how have you been stewarding those gifts? Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, was speaking to a, a young pastor, Timothy, and he said, Timothy, guard, uh, guard the deposit that has been entrusted to you. He's saying, look, guard it, protect it, cover over it. Because God has entrusted you with it. Listen, I think the big question is like, how do I know if I'm actually stewarding the things that God has entrusted me with? Because you're like, okay, I show up to work, I do the deal, but how do I actually know if I'm stewarding the things that God has entrusted me with? Here's, I want you to ask yourself two questions. One is this. Am I serving God by the gifts entrusted to me? When I look at my life and I look at the things that God has blessed me with and God has given me, am I working hard to serve God with those talents? I have a talent to serve. I have a talent to play music. I have a talent to do certain things. Have I been using those to build my own kingdom or have I been fighting extremely hard to build God's kingdom? How have I been serving God when it comes to the gifts that he has entrusted me with? And the second question is this. Am I serving others by the gifts that were entrusted to me? How are you serving people at your work? How are you serving people around you? How are you serving people with your finances and the resources that God has placed in your life? 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That God has called you and I to steward the gifts in a powerful way. How do I know that I'm stewarding the gifts of God? Am I serving God with those gifts? Am I serving others? Amen. You guys good? I, I, want, I want you to, to think about, for, and Ben, you can come on up. I think my, my, my favorite line of this entire passage is when it says, come and share in your master's happiness. Other versions say, come and share in your master's joy. Listen, I believe that you will never experience more contentment, more fulfillment, more happiness, more joy than when you use the things that God has placed in your life and you use them to serve his kingdom and to serve other people around you. Listen, you want to be happy, you want to be joyful, take a look at your life and say, God, what have you given me? And God, I'm going to steward it to the best of my ability to serve you and your purposes. I was thinking about 
my, my life this week, and this, this passage has been like a gigantic mantra in my life. And I, I was thinking about this when I was a, a 21-year-old, and I was a 21-year-old knucklehead. Amen? Anybody out there? Yeah. <laughs> Me, him. But I, I remember, I remember as a 21-year-old, I felt God call me to move out to Denver. And I, I was pretty lost. And I was pretty broken, just kind of trying to figure out life. And, and I think I've, I've, I've told some of this story before, but um, I just felt maybe God was calling me to ministry. And, and so I, I came to Red Rocks Church, and I was like, y'all got any work? They're like, yeah, you can be our janitor. And so I was a janitor here at Red Rocks Church, my first job 11 years ago, if you can believe it. This May will be 11 years ago. And, and I, I remember in those moments being like, man, God, I hate this. <laughs> this sucks. I'm at Heritage Square carrying gigantic trash bags behind me at midnight. There's got to be a mountain lion or a serial killer somewhere behind me. But I remember my, my prayer was always, God, I, I just want to be faithful. God, I'm so lucky to be out here. God, I just want to be faithful. God, you've entrusted me with much. God, I'm just going to be the best steward possible that I can be. I, I remember after I got hired, I remember uh, um, becoming a, a youth pastor here. And I remember our, our first service that, that, that I had, uh, we were in the Heritage Square, and we had no kids, and so we begged people at the church to give us couches so that we could fill up the room a little bit. And, and we had 35 kids. And I just remember God being like, this is what I've entrusted you with. How are you going to steward it? And so we were faithful and faithful and faithful, and we tried to steward the gift that God had given us, steward the relationships that God had given us, steward the kids that, had, that God had given us. And then I remember, fast forward a few years later, having an event in this room with like over 2,000 kids. And it's just a story of God saying, just continue to be faithful. Continue to be faithful, and as you do more, I will trust you with more. I, I remember a, a season of life where, where me and my wife, we were really struggling with things at, at work and we weren't really making much money and, and we were so like frustrated with everything financially and we felt like God was like, Andrew, I want you to give Jerrica's salary away. And we felt like, wow, okay. And for a whole year, we gave her my wife's salary away because we felt like God was like, I have entrusted you with this. How are you going to steward it? And I remember doing that and then seeing how God has moved in our life in, in, in such a blessed and powerful way. Listen, I, I, I want to stand before God one day, and I want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, Andrew. Well done, good and faithful servant. Listen, my, my, my biggest desire is to steward the things that God has blessed me. I showed you that picture of my beautiful kids that God has called me to, to steward my wife in that relationship. My God has called me to, to steward the, the, my, my family and our finances and the home and all the things that God has given to us. Listen, can I tell you that one day when we stand before Jesus, that we will give an account for all the things that we did in our lives? That we will give an account for all the things that we did in our lives. Listen, God has given you an assignment on this planet. 
And so I don't know where you find yourself today, but listen, I think that maybe you found yourself and you've just been frustrated with life. You've been frustrated with the things that you're doing. You just want more. You, 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 you just, you're frustrated with all the things that are happening in your life. Can I, can I tell you that maybe it's because you have chosen to look past the things that God has placed in your life. Can, can I challenge you in this next season to say, look, this is what God has given me. He's entrusted me with much, and I choose to be a great steward, and I'm going to let it play out however God feels like it should. Amen. Y'all can stand to your feet. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I just want to ask a couple questions. You, you sit in a room like this, and, and you're saying, look, man, I, I feel like you started preaching right to me. You're in a season of life where you're looking at the things and you just know that God's called you to do more, to be a better steward of the things that he's placed in your life. If that's you, you say, listen, God, from this point on, it's not too late. From this point on, God, I'm going to be a better steward of the things that you entrust me in my life. If that's you, would you slip up your hands so I can pray for you? Amen. A whole bunch of us. A whole bunch of us. Second question is this. You sit in a room like this, and we talk about the gospel, we talk about Jesus, we talk about this relationship with God, and you're saying, look, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I'd love to start one. You're sitting in this room, and you say, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I've been searching, I've been wandering all over this planet trying to find the thing that's going to bring me satisfaction and fulfillment in this life. But you sit here today, you say, I have searched everything and found nothing, but I've walked into this room, and I have found exactly what I'm looking for. You're in here, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you'd like to start one. If that's you, would you slip up your hand across this place? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise Jesus. God, we thank you so much for this moment. God, we thank you for the gifts that you have entrusted us to. Lord, may we be great stewards. And all God's people said, amen. Let's worship y'all.